Welcome to Open Banking Expo Unplugged, bringing you the brightest minds in open banking, open finance and beyond. Hello and welcome to another episode of Open Banking Expo Unplugged, the podcast series brought to you by Open Banking Expo. I'm Ellie Duncan, your host for today and Head of Content at Open Banking Expo. And I'm delighted to be joined by Kenny Sang, Managing Director of Ping Pong Payments, a payments firm that was founded in New York in 2015. The firm has reached unicorn status, having been valued at $2 billion and processes $25 billion in e-commerce sales annually. It also transfers more than $150 million a day for international e-commerce sellers. Those are some extremely impressive stats. And here to tell us more about them is Kenny. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you for having me. Not at all. So um, why don't we start from the very beginning? What, what does ping pong payments do and, and what, what are you trying to solve for? Yeah, so ping pong payments was founded in 2015 here in New York and really with the mission of helping uh, global e-commerce sellers reduce their costs by offering lower currency exchange rates compared to the traditional banks uh, and also the ability to access all of their finances in a single online platform. How can businesses avoid you know, more time-consuming practices that limit their business productivity? Uh, and and you know, the last point there is very important because a lot of these companies, of course, focus on growing their business. So anything that helps them reduce time taken away from that is something that I see uh, a lot of value in. Um, we're much more than just a, a payments service. Um, so you know, we kind of see ourselves as a, a multi-dimensional partner for growth um, to online merchants by not only providing fast and reliable low-cost payment services, also including things like helping them pay to tax authorities for, for VAT, helping them pay their supplies internationally um, in a way that you know, the traditional banks aren't really able to, to help them with. Um, so, you know, Ping Pong Payments is one of the only payment companies that's really addressing the sector of cross-border e-commerce payments. Um, and as a result of that, created kind of a unique stack of products really dedicated to that industry. So, you know, we have very transparent fees um, and, you know, all uh, available on our online platform, which has helped us become kind of the unicorn company that we uh, that we are today. Yeah, tell us about your role specifically, and when did you join, and, and what does your role involve at the moment? Yeah, so I joined Ping Pong um, probably over over four years ago now, um, and uh, and right now I'm the managing director of our international business. So uh, you know, I first started in our European office um, when I was uh, I was in New York when I met met the team over here. Um, and have helped kind of set up our European office. And then after that, uh, for a couple of years, I moved out to Hong Kong to manage our uh, expansion into the APAC region. Um, so um, I oversaw our expansion into a couple of key countries. Um, so India, Korea, Vietnam, um, and now I'm here in the US uh, looking after our US business. Yeah, what's uh, interesting, I mean, that's quite a variety of, of countries you've sort of expanded into there. What were some of the main challenges you had to overcome in in somewhere like India, for example, um, in order to kind of get, get a, establish a presence there, I suppose. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that I've learned over the years is that every country operates very, very differently. Um, and there are very unique challenges when it comes to cross-border payments or e-commerce in general when, when we look at all of these all of these countries. So if you look at uh, the US, for example, a lot of the world transacts in US dollars. So the currency exchange factor may not be something that's kind of top of mind for a lot of the sellers compared to um, our customers in India that you know, 
traditionally transacting you know, Indian rupees, a lot of the business that they're doing internationally, they have to convert that back. And so currency exchange, the exchange rates are something that's very important for them. Um, so you know, every country that we that we look into, um, not only the challenges that our customers are facing, but the different products that we build to solve that vary slightly. I think the the the, the underlying issue when it comes to cross-border payments, the speed of payments, making reliable payments, that's always something that we look to solve, but how we solve that kind of changes and we adapt to the different markets in order to be able to help them as much as possible. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, a really competitive space, isn't it? The, the payment space. I mean, you said at the very at the very top there when you were sort of explaining what ping pong payments does that um, I guess you're taking on some, some of the banks here, but there's also a lot of fintech sort of cropped up over the years. So how how does ping pong payments differentiate itself in this, this really sort of competitive and, and busy market? Yeah, so you know one of the things that, that we've that we've built is you know the ability to uh, for our customers to move money at a click of a button. Um, so you know, making things simple is is very difficult. Um, when someone's on our platform, they click a button and the money is transferred from you know A to B. But in the background, there are a lot of things that need to happen to make sure that process is uh, low cost. Uh, without any issues or delays and arrives to the recipient uh, safely and on time. So you know, all of that banking infrastructure and technology is something that we've built and put in place to help facilitate that. Um, and so, you know, for example, uh, we're very much an end-to-end network payments company, which means that not only you know, do we, uh, are our buyers onboarded onto the ping pong platform, but also the suppliers and the recipients on the other end are also go through a KYC process and a vetting process by our local teams within that particular country. So, you know, for example, here in, in the US, a lot of companies are sourcing products from the Asia region, whether it's in Vietnam, India or, or, or China, um, and you know, sending money from here or to the other side of the world. You know, a lot of uh, companies have um, some concerns when doing that, whether you know, the money gets lost or you know, something happens while that money is in transit. So what we've done is, you know, having set up offices and local banking infrastructures in these countries on the other side, we're able to make sure that, you know, the payments will get there on time. You know, we're in full control of the entire payment chain. So reducing uh, any risk of delayed payments by removing the intermediary banks if they're going via the traditional SWIFT network um, and having money safely deposited into the, uh, into the supplier's bank account on the other side. So um, as you can imagine, uh, the audience for Open Banking Expo often keen to hear about the kind of open banking technology that that our guests on the podcast are kind of using. So um, with ping pong payments, what, what is the technology behind that? How does it how does it all work? Yeah, so I think um, uh, you know, I started in international payments, you know, around around 10 years ago, 10 years ago in my previous company. And, you know, I like to see that as you know, I kind of call that fintech one point. Um, and that point, you know, a lot of fintech companies were looking at the different financial services that banks were providing and kind of taking each piece um, and then doing that very, very well um, and making it much more digitized and then offering that out to their uh, to the various customers. Um, what we are noticing now is, I guess, what we kind of call fintech 2.0 is you know, consumers or companies uh, are less satisfied with going to lots of different providers for all of their different financial service requirements. And so what we're seeing now is, you know, companies really expanding their offering to not only uh, payments, for example, but other financial services uh, within that. So you know, for, for, for us here at Ping Pong, we're always looking to, to innovate and adopt the, uh, the latest technologies in, the, in being able to offer our services. Um, so, you know, we, uh, 
one of the features of our platform is that we're able to connect with um, our our customers' bank accounts directly, which helps facilitate kind of the the, the straightforward processing of payments. Um, so you know, our customers don't necessarily have to go onto their online banking to facilitate certain transactions. Like everything can be done directly within uh, within the ping pong platform. Yeah, you mentioned your obviously your customers a couple of times there. What what's the typical profile of a of a ping pong customer then? Yeah, so really any company that has a, a requirement to make cross border payments is is who we can service. So um, and there's a lot of different ways to kind of cut the pie here, but you know, we have uh, customers that need to pay out to their suppliers internationally, and so these companies are ones that are importing products from from overseas, for example, and we help them by. Facilitating these payments in a much more uh, reliable and timely manner, um, which ultimately helps them get access their, to their goods faster, which is you know, extremely important, especially when we're looking at kind of the smaller companies. Um, the cash flow is, is is often a concern for them, and so the faster they can get their payments to their suppliers, the faster the suppliers will release the goods for them, so they can continue selling, continue making more money, and make sure they don't run run out of inventory. Um, on the on the other side, uh, we also help companies who are selling internationally receive their currency from from overseas, receive their profits from overseas, uh, by, by providing them with virtual bank accounts in the local country in the local currencies, and and they can access all of this via you know the ping pong platform, and we help them convert their currency back into their domestic currency so they can use that to help uh, to help grow their business. Um, and there's a lot of times where our, our customers have a need for both, right? So, you know, if they're selling internationally, there's oftentimes they're sourcing their products internationally. Um, and so, you know, we, we currently work with you know, large Fortune 500 companies that, that do this um, and also kind of all the way down to kind of the individual sellers that are looking to import products and sell on various e-commerce marketplaces. Yeah, I think um, uh, I've got some stats from from you guys. So the average number of days it takes a company to pay a supplier has reached 66 days in Europe and 92 days for a Chinese supplier. I mean, that's that's a really long time, isn't it? I mean, what kind of impact do, do delays like that have on, you know, your your customers? Yeah, so I think with you know traditional cross border payments, they're, they're they're run by the banks through the SWIFT network, with a number of intermediary banks. So it takes a long time for the payments to get there. Um, in addition to that, you know there are times where those payments would get stuck somewhere along the way, uh, and going through the banking network to kind of like, locate those funds and resolve any issues that have happened, you know, adds adds a lot of delay to to, to the payment. Um, so by significantly reducing that time, you know, like I mentioned before, it means that the suppliers receive the money faster, they can release the goods faster, and then the, the, the merchants are able to kind of sell more faster. Um, with the, the, especially now with all of the challenges in, in supply chain, you know, speed is, is much more important than, than ever, um, and payments plays a, a, a big part in that. Yeah, of course. I mean, we've heard in the news recently all about these Supply chain issues exacerbated by the pandemic. Is that something that you've had feedback from your customers that, that they're experiencing? And if so, how are you helping them to kind of overcome those those really kind of immediate challenges, if you like? Yeah. So yeah, for sure. I think the supply chain affects affects everyone. So you know, even for some of our smaller customers, all the way to the large companies, they all experience delays, especially when it comes to supply chain and their goods. Um, I think you know by where where ping pong can help on the, on the payment side is is really with that reducing that time for the supplier to receive the payment. Um, so you know the supply chain 
the situation where the delays are occurring is always there and there's, you know, there's nothing uh, many people can do to, to, to solve that. But one of the things that we could accelerate is the time it takes for the supplier to release the goods. So you know, if it takes X number of days for the, for the, for the products to arrive um, to the US, for example, um, you know, that, that clock doesn't really start until the supplier has received the payment and produced the goods. And so by reducing that time, hopefully it gives them a little bit more of a, of, of a head start. Yeah, well, um, let's come back to kind of open banking specifically, because we keep hearing a lot, um, not just in the UK, but obviously elsewhere in Europe and in the US, about the evolution of open banking payments, this kind of shift to open finance as well. Um, so I was wondering how you see the global payment space evolving over the next sort of 12 to 24 months, I guess. Yeah, so like I, I mentioned before, we're seeing more and more kind of fintech companies and payment companies expand into offering other financial services. And for us here at Pingpong, we 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 follow the a similar kind of trend. So you know, it really goes back to kind of our original mission, which is helping our helping the e-commerce merchants expand their business globally. Um, and so you know, payments is the very first step for us. You know, that's always been a very large pain point for a lot of our customers, but. In addition to that, we also get a lot of feedback from our customers for um, a requirement for other financial services. So if we look at things like lending, for example, you know, a lot of our customers um, need access to capital to increase their cash flow. Um, so, you know, for, for us here at Pingpong, we um, look to expand into other financial services to help our to help our customers grow. Um, so, you know, I, I think over the, the, the next 12 to 18 months, it's certainly here for us at, at Pingpong, we plan to launch there are a lot more features that our customers have been demanding, um, and you know, these the the um, requirements for these different features change over time. I think what our customers, what merchants care about you know, before the pandemic, for example, is very very different to, to to what they what they focus on now. Yeah, and on that, I mean, what what do you see as perhaps some of the biggest opportunities in payments um, for retailers, for merchants, as as we head into sort of twenty twenty two? Is it going to be kind of more support when it comes to kind of entering different marketplaces or or you know help when it comes to sourcing and being paid by global suppliers what what, what are the opportunities do you think yeah so one of the things we, we, we've noticed is that <clears throat> you know, as the as the pandemic was unfolding e-commerce of course had a, had a very big boom um so a lot of our a lot of customers or, or e-commerce merchants in general um really struggle to kind of keep up with the pace of demand for their for their products um, especially in certain key categories like you know uh, home office equipment and, and things like this um, so you know, a lot of companies that had plans to expand internationally had been put on the back burner um, during this time because the, their, the demand for their products was you know, increasing pretty significantly just within the domestic country um, what we what we're noticing now is for these companies to, to continue that pace of growth certainly as we as we as we start to come out of the pandemic you know, expanding internationally is, is very very important for them um, you know our customers are always looking for new markets to enter into um, and in, and here at, at ping pong you know, we are the experts when it comes to merchants who are expanding internationally um, not only do we help them with their with facilitating the payments and the currency exchange services we also um, have partnered with lots of international e-commerce marketplaces so we can connect them directly with these marketplaces we can explain to them you know exactly how it works how to do business in these different countries and that's kind of the the service we provide in addition to just offering um offering payments yeah i guess um i guess it's 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 really important isn't it as a, as a business that you understand your client and and so i 
I guess in that sense, you need to know a lot about about retail, about supply chain. Um, you mentioned there, obviously, that that merchants e-commerce has kind of changed its priorities um, since before the pandemic. Uh, I mean, what's the single most important supply chain lesson then that you think e-commerce merchants have learned over the past sort of 18 months or so? Um, I think um, you know, the merchants now, uh, when it comes to supply chain specifically, um, they, they, they're more aware of uh, having to kind of diversify their supply chain. Um, so there's a lot of companies that would have one supplier that they work with um, regularly. Um, but if anything happens to that supplier, if, if there are any kind of delays there, then they're pretty much stuck. So what about a lot of our uh, uh, lot of our merchants are doing now is they're much more interested in expand, expanding the number of suppliers that they work with. Um, so, you know, one of the things that for us here at Pingpong, what we help with is, you know, we have a strong presence in uh, a lot of the countries where traditionally merchants source their products from. So, you know, in, in China, Vietnam, these kind of countries, and we're able to help them connect with various different suppliers that, that we currently work with over there uh, and help them kind of facilitate those those conversations. So, you know, I think all of that is something that, in addition to payments as a service that, that we provide, and exactly like you said, Eddie, um, the customers' requirements change over time, and I think e-commerce more than ever is a very, very fast-paced industry. Um, so it's important for for us as a just as a payments company to be um, very, very responsive to that. So we're always in touch with our customers and and trying to uh, not not predict, but just to keep up to date with, with the issues that they're having and see what we can do um, to support that. I think we're in a, a pretty unique position as a payments company where we have the not only the licenses and the regulation in these different countries around the world, but we work very much together to help our customers help our customers grow. Yeah, and, and of course, it's coming up to what is traditionally a really busy period for retail in particular, um, the Christmas period. I mean, are there any specific kind of payments pain points that that they're going to face in over the next few weeks, months, that, that as, as a payments business that you're kind of ready to, to help them overcome? Yeah, so um, to be honest, you know, the, the peak selling season has, has, has pretty much started, you know, especially with you know, Black Friday coming up and Cyber Monday and all these major shopping events. Um, you know, a lot of our customers kind of tell us that you know, right now, you know, it, during uh, Q3 is when they start preparing for all of this. Um, and so, you know, really once Q4 hits, you know, all the preparation, all the work they've done in Q3 is kind of, that's when they kind of see the, 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 the results, uh, the, the benefits of, of, of all, their, all of their preparation. So now a lot of the companies are, of course, you know, making sure that everything is on, on track for the, the Q4 peak selling season, but also starting to plan for the next year. Um, so you know, now more than ever, we have lots of customers reaching out to us to uh, inquire around you know, how they can start selling internationally, where we as a company see um, the the different growth opportunities for uh, for the different merchants, and, and you know we do our best to, to introduce them to the right people, whether it's you know the e-commerce marketplaces, um, our partners, um, or whether we can help them connect with you know other companies within the the ecosystem. You know, we have a pretty extensive partnerships um, in place with logistic companies, for example, with other financial service companies, um, and so all of this network that we've built over the years helps benefit our customers as they look to uh, as they look to plan for 2022. Yeah and speaking of, of next year let's find out a bit more about what's in store for ping pong payments specifically in terms of kind of product and service development 
Um, so, so what what are your growth and kind of innovation plans? Yeah, so I think you know one of the things that we've learned in the last few years is uh, it, it's really no good to have a twelve month plan. <laughs> um, yeah, any, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> any, anything anything can happen, and and you know the companies are able to respond to all of this uh, in, in the fastest way possible are the ones that will be able to succeed. Um, so you know for us, we have a, a very long roadmap of of products that we want to launch and features that we want to launch based on. Um, the opportunities that we see and also the feedback that we get from our customers. Um, and so you know, we have a, a, I guess, kind of a more rough, loose plan of what we would like to do for next year, which includes things like offering additional financial services, um, really integrating our platform with other service providers so we can create a kind of a one-stop shop for um, our customers that are looking to expand their business and looking to do business internationally. Um, so, you know, all of these features is something that we um, have in store for, for, for next year. But of course, you know, we're also aware that that anything can happen uh, and e-commerce is, is very fast changing so you know, for us we we kind of schedule our plans out in, uh, at uh, almost kind of a, a quarterly basis um, where we, we we prepare to launch something and of course you know if anything were to happen I think one of the um, advantages of our of our business is that we're very agile um, so you know, we, we have a, a large team that's that speaks to our customers every day um, so anything that we see shifting in the e-commerce world we're able to react and respond um, appropriately are there any i mean you, at, the, at the beginning of the podcast you mentioned some of the the countries that you'd helped uh, ping pong sort of expand into so india and and korea and, and now you're based in the us uh, with the company are there any markets that um the firm sort of has its eye on or or that you see as sort of potential kind of growth areas yeah, absolutely. So I think there's a lot of you know, emerging markets that are starting to become um, where, where e-commerce is, is is very popular. And of course, there are a, a lot of countries where um, during the last few years have much better access to logistics, have much better access to um, um, the ability to sell their products internationally. And I think, you know, for, especially for these emerging countries, one of the things that we've seen this, of course, for the rest of the world is financial services not really keeping up with that pace of innovation, that pace of growth. Um, so for us, of course, you know, we see lots of opportunities, um, you know, all over the world um, where cross-border payments is something that is desirable and, and, and necessary for, um, for for a lot of the merchants based in these countries. So, of course, you know, in our plans, we also have... Um, uh, we also have plans to expand into these countries and offering our services out there. But of course, you know, um, one of before we we launch into a country, we want to make sure that we understand exactly what those challenges are and how we can uh, adapt and modify our product to be able to to suit them the best. Yeah, well, we look forward to hearing more about um, the company's growth over the the coming year. And thank you very much for coming on the podcast today, Kenny. No problem. Thank you very much, Ellie. It's great speaking to you. It was great to have Kenny on the podcast today. Thanks to him and also to you for listening. To listen to other episodes in the Unplugged series, go to the on-demand section of openbankingexpo.com. Until next time, goodbye for now.